Everybody say it. He's worthy. Amen. Boy, it made me want to jump up there. Probably the last jump of my life. <laughs> they did a great job. Let's give them another big hand. So excited to see young people that are willing to worship the Lord and express themselves in dance and song. Just a uh, word before we get into the message. If you know of anyone that is needing uh, groceries during this time, if you'll let them know at the front desk uh, today, afterwards, we're going to be trying to prepare some parcels for people that are in need, so you can let them know that. Today, we lit the third candle in the advent of joy. Everybody say joy. Please watch this with us. Man has worked the field since his fall, by beast or by crop, in plenty and in drought. He must tame the land or be tamed by it. The shepherd knows this well. He is a keeper. He is a guardian. He is a guide. And his flock, aimless in all their attempts, pulls him far away to chase their fickle hearts. How peculiar it is that God omnipotent would take the post of a shepherd. great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born this night in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. A baby? A manger? So the shepherds left their flock and hurried 
to the village of Bethlehem. In society's eyes, shepherds should not be the first ones to greet the king of kings. But isn't that just like the creator of the universe? He uses lowly people to do amazing things for his glory. The message that the angels brought that night to the shepherds was good tidings of great joy. Everybody say great joy, which shall be to all people. I think sometimes we forget what an important part joy plays in our lives. We find ourselves struggling with depression, fighting anxiety, and all the time, joy is supposed to be guiding us. It's supposed to be prevalent there for us. I think sometimes it's important for us to understand just how powerful joy is. So today, I want to talk to you about the power of joy. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word that it's life to us. God, I'm asking you, God, to speak to us and through us. Open our hearts and let us embrace the joy that you intended for us to have. And let us be able to share that everywhere we go. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. The power of joy. In Scripture, in the book of Nehemiah, we read about what's happening in Jerusalem or what had happened to Jerusalem. They went into captivity because they forgot God. I mean, they literally turned their back on the one that had given them all things. They started thinking that they had achieved it themselves, and so God took it from them and he left them in a place that was devastating. How many of you have ever felt devastated before? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? Like you get a brand new bicycle and wreck it and you're devastated. Anybody ever have anything worse than that happen? You know what I'm talking about? It's just like things that, some things that devastate you may not devastate someone else. Like these girls go out and they get their nails done this time of year, you know what I mean? Well, uh, you know, not this, this time of year, but all through the year. <laughs> and, and then how many of you have ever seen a, a, a girl that just had her nails done and one of them break? And they, oh, 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 I got to go emergency surgery. <laughs> They're devastated because it's a, a nail that they just had. I've never had that problem. I just, matter of fact, my wife's always telling me, don't bite your nails, don't tear your nails. And I always thought that's what they were there for. <laughs> devastated. Look, this is, for Jerusalem, this is horrible because the land that they had lived in their whole life is now decimated. But what they didn't understand was that God wasn't trying to destroy them. He was trying to get 
them to look up to him. And so after this devastation occurs, now I've been studying the book of Ezekiel, and in Ezekiel, there's prophetic warnings that go out to all nations, and God lays out to them what he's going to do, and then he follows through with it, and he does it, and they're decimated. And he, he spoke that same thing to Jerusalem and let them know you're going to go into captivity, your, your city will be destroyed. But there's something powerful about the hope that we have in God because God never leaves us or forsakes us, but he's always trying to gather us to him. Even when Jesus came and he said, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered you together. And so in this instance, he speaks a prophetic word of hope to them, and he lets them know in the midst of this devastation, he said, but I'm going to come and visit you again. I'm going to gather you back from all the nations on the earth where you've been scattered, and we are living in that day when all of Israel has been gathered back, and they became a nation once again. God spoke that to them, let them know that he was going to be there for them. They would stay 70 years in captivity. After that captivity, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom would be pulled from actually his son. Cyrus would come in and Cyrus would release the Jews to go and build back Jerusalem and its temple. Time passed and how many of you, you know that scripture says, be not weary in well-doing for what? In due season you shall reap if you faint not. In plain English, it's saying if you'll just keep doing what's right and not get worn out or frustrated over it, God's going to visit you. Your day's coming. And so they had started building the temple, but they got weary in it. And, and another king came into power. His name is Artaxerus. And Nehemiah is his cupbearer, and Nehemiah has word come from Jerusalem, and he inquires of its well-being, and they said that it's terrible, that all the people are discouraged, and the walls lie in ruins, and Nehemiah's heart is gripped and begins to pray. God gives him favor, and the king releases him to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to go and restore and oversee it. So when he gets there, he doesn't tell anybody why he's there, but he just starts surveying the land, and he's walking through the land one night, and as he walks through, there's trash all over the place. How many of you have ever felt like you've been trashed before? Just get on Facebook. People who trash you don't even know you. Just, just, how many of you have ever had, well, never mind, let's not get into all that, but you know what I'm talking about, trashed, it's just like, we walk in a, there's a lane that Debbie and I walk at, at when we're home, we do a four or five mile walk, and we go out in the country and come back, and they have trashed my lane. And I'm so upset I'm so upset that I haven't picked up any of the trash yet. We, we talk about being upset over things, but we just let it stay there. Everybody say, change it. So you got to get upset enough to want to change things. 
And so they, Nehemiah came in and he saw all that trash, but he gathered the people together and he said, look, I got some good news for you. He said, I'm here. We're going to rebuild these walls. The king has given me all the papers I need. We're going to have the supplies that we need. Don't worry about this. God's going to take care of it. He starts gathering them together and all of a sudden the naysayers are on his back. How many of you have ever tried to do something for God only to have somebody just ride you over it? You know what I mean? And just start trashing you. You know what your problem is? Apparently nobody does. (laughs) But isn't it amazing how others can tell us what our problem is? And so he gathers the people together, and even though everybody's trying to discourage them, he continues to encourage them, and God does the miraculous. Within 52 days, those walls are built, and they're strong, and they're sure. So they throw a, they do a celebration. Everybody say, let's celebrate. So they gather together. They're throwing a big celebration. The walls are built up, and they say, look, bring out the book of the law of Moses, and we're going to read it. So they bring the book out. Ezra ascends to a platform that's high, and he starts reading the book of the law of Moses. And as he reads that book, everyone starts weeping around them. And Nehemiah is saying, wait, don't weep. They're weeping because they realize how far they have strayed from God. Anybody ever been there before? But let me share something with you. I want you to listen to what he tells them. Because weeping over how far you've strayed isn't going to bring you back. You have to turn around. Everybody say, just turn around. And when you turn around, that's the beginning of the journey of a lifetime. And so they had built those walls back. Now he's telling them, don't weep, don't don't mourn. He said, this day is holy to the Lord. This isn't a day to be crying. This is a day that you need to be rejoicing. And this is what he speaks to them. He tells them in Nehemiah, the 8th chapter and the 10th verse, then he said unto them, go your way Eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Everybody say, joy is my strength. What did he instruct them to do? Wipe your eyes. Everybody go like this. Now everybody smile one time. You look wonderful when you're smiling. (laughs) See, what happens is we allow circumstances that are surrounding us to take the smile off of our face, and then people see us and they think, well, man, I don't want to be a Christian. Look how depressed those folks look. Look how they they, they look like they don't have a, a friend in the world. But if they can see joy in us, if they can see us smiling in the midst of opposition, everybody say, get some fat. How many of you cook? I'll be over later. Okay. (laughs) When you're cooking, what does the fat do? The fat gives it flavor. I'm all right with beef jerky, but not for a meal. 
I mean, beef jerky is a nice little snack, but all the fat is out of beef jerky. It's been dried out. Everybody say dried out. But when I get ready to eat a steak or I'm getting ready to eat some uh, uh, pork roast, not a pork roast, what is it, beef roast? They call it pot roast. (laughs) I want some fat in there. My brother loved fat. He did, man. He'd eat it. I did say that my brother take a piece of fat, just the fat, and pop it in his mouth and eat it. He got that from my grandma. My grandma would take a piece of white bread, sop up all the grease out of a skillet that bacon had been cooked in, and eat it. And she'd look at me and she said, ooh, that's good. That's, that's where all the flavor's at, that fat right there. <laughs> he said, eat the fat. Well, I'm going to eat it, but I'm going to eat it in proportion. <laughs> I, want, I want, everybody say, I want some fat. Fat's where it's at. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead. I got a lot invested in this. He said, eat the fat, drink the sweet. Look, I'm telling you that to be a child of God means that we have joy even when everything around us is going wrong. Even when it seems like circumstances have spun out of control, we still find joy. Why is it important to have joy? Because the joy of the Lord is what? The word joy there in Hebrew means rejoicing. Everybody say rejoice. I want you to take three seconds and rejoice. One. Oh, that's good. Y'all messed up over here. You ready? Let's try it over here. I looked over here, and everybody's just looking like this. You ready? On, th- on three. One, two, three. All right. We don't have any problem. We don't. Everybody do the wave. See, man, it can't, I, I, get, it, I, I don't know. I guess my, my, I, I get, my mind gets messed with because when we come to church, we have to be primed and pumped to rejoice. You go to a ball game, and I don't care if your team's the Cubs. You're rejoicing. I mean, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they win, lose, or draw. You're still out there. Go, go, go. You know, people in, I have watched people, I watched Abraham Lincoln get excited at a ball game. You think I'm messing with you. I was, I was in the fifth grade. I looked behind me. There is a guy that looks exactly like Abraham Lincoln. This is a true story. Guy looks just like Abraham Lincoln, and I'm at a Cubs game. It was before I found out about the Cardinals. <laughs> I'm at a Cubs game, and it, well, I'm at that Cubs game, and all of a sudden they're going, Don't th-. you know how they make that with the organ or whatever it is? They go, charge. Everybody do it. Charge. And so they're doing that, and Abe's out there going like this. He's going charging. I'm thinking, man, this is the first time I've ever saw Abraham Lincoln do the mashed potato or whatever it was he was doing. But he's, he's doing that, and I finally got up enough nerve, and I walked up, and I asked him for his autograph. He took out a stamp. put I mean, he had it in his pocket. He pulled it out, and it said, it, it, it said Abraham Lincoln as portrayed by, and I don't remember what his name was because it doesn't really matter. He wasn't famous. He was impersonating somebody that was. Here's my point. We are supposed to be a reflection of God. 
So if people see us and we look like we're depressed and lost all our joy, then they're going to associate that with what it means to live for God. But if they see you and you always got a smile on your face and you're always... I'm fixing to invite some more people to this party. (laughs) Everybody say joy. Rejoice. The word strength there in Hebrew literally means a rock fortress. Everybody say it with me. A rock fortress of defense. Let me say it to you like this. The joy of the Lord is my defense. Do you ever wonder why you get under attack all the time? It's because we lose joy. And joy is our defense. Have you ever tried to depress somebody that was always happy? You know what I'm talking about? Debbie, Debbie's always smiling. She's always, you know, she's always, you know, she's always, uh, her dad told her one time, said, man, you'd make a trash man feel like he's got the most important job in the world. Yeah, he does because he, he, he takes care of our trash. That makes you happy, doesn't it, when somebody hauls your trash off? Let your trash build up for three or four months and find out how happy you are. So we've got to learn how to keep joy in us. Everybody say, keep it in there. Look, the devil may attack your finances, your health, your family, even your mind, but he's after your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your defense. It's your fortress. So if he can find what you link to your joy, he will bombard it. And he will not let up. That's why it's so important to let God be the source of our joy. Because he's no match for the king of kings. He's no match for God. So if you find your joy in God, hey, if you're excited about God, act real depressed. That's what we do. We're supposed to be excited about God, and we walk around and look like, man, you know, somebody came and We need to get excited. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, what are you waiting for? Just just get a little excited. I mean, just get a little excited. How many of you have ever... Look, man, Derek was getting baptized just a minute ago. He went in there, and I forgot to flip the switch to heat the baptistry. So I got in. I got in. You didn't see me get in. I got in before the camera came on. Because when I got in, I'm going, <laughs> I, I, I get in there and I, I'm looking at him and I, I said, man, it's a little cold. I said, well, I said, I've been in it when it's colder. <laughs> and all of a sudden he, he comes down and I, I started to tell him, you might want to come on in and get used to it. But I thought, nah. <laughs> so he comes in and when I baptized him, I noticed he didn't say a whole lot. He just, and, and he goes out and I, I, I called to him. I said, Derek, I said, did that kind of take your breath away? He said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, God still takes my breath away. And I want it always to, I don't want to get into a rut with God. I want him to know that I love him, that I'm excited about him, and I want everybody else to know it. Run up here just a second. So 
Think about how it would make you feel if all of a sudden, you know, we're married. Everybody, we're married. Uh, this, is my, this is my wife. Yeah, that's her. How do you think it makes God feel? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, you know, when, when we, if, if we're not ashamed of our spouse, we ought to say, hey, I want you to meet my wife. Isn't she beautiful? She's mine, all mine, and nobody else's. <laughs> no. Do you understand that when we enter, thank you, honey, when we introduce God, when we talk about God, we ought to be that way about God. We ought to be saying, man, have, I, have you met my God before? No, no, I'm not talking about, you. I don't care if you go to church. I want to know if you met my God, because there's a lot of folks that go to church and have never even had an encounter with God. I'm telling you, he's alive, he's real, and he's well. Strength. The definition of joy is rejoicing. So our rejoicing in God is our defense and fortress against the enemy. How many of you find it a little difficult to rejoice? Raise your hand if sometimes you find it a little difficult to rejoice. I would think there's a lot more of you from the looks of your face. <laughs> Find it a lot more difficult to rejoice. So I'm going to have you all come up here one Sunday and just look back at everybody and see how excited it is when everybody goes. <laughs> see, you've got to have a source that comes from way down deep in here. Because if your joy is surface, somebody's going to wipe the table. But if your joy is down in here, <laughs> if it's like a river that, if it's, that's flowing out of you, if it's like a fire that's shut up in your bones. If it, I had a, somebody look at me one time, they said, you know what your problem is? I said, what's that? He said, you're a fanatic. I said, you're right, man. <laughs> I'm crazy about God. I, I'm in love with him. I don't care who knows it. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm your pastor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Does that make you feel better? Look, I'm telling you, people are looking for something real. And God is real. He's not, he's not hanging on a cross. He's not in a manger. He's seated on the throne. He is the Most High. He is able to see you through whatever it is you're facing. And you've got to get a hold of that and bring him into your world. We have to open our heart. Everybody say, open your heart. Listen to what Philippians 4 and 4 says. This is Paul speaking. And he says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. King James Version says, Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. I like the way this says it. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 says rejoice always. Everybody say full of the joy of the Lord. How many of you have ever had your belly full? What do you do when your belly's full? Have you ever had your belly full of someone? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yo, when your belly's full, Thanksgiving dinner, right after Thanksgiving dinner, what does everybody do? Oh. 
I'm going to go lay down a minute. I need to find a couch. I want to meditate. <laughs> We're full. And when you get so full, you get sluggish. You get joy doesn't do that to you. How many of you have ever seen somebody real full of joy and they went, oh, I'm so full of joy I can't hardly stand it. Oh, I'm so happy it's killing me. Oh, no, man, when someone is full of joy, they're bouncing off the roof. I'm glad you're excited this morning. Praise God. You know, I made a statement several times. I made it in the last service, and I made it maybe 250 times before that. But I said, if living for God had been about sitting on a pew, I would have never done it. Do you understand what caused me to come to God was not somebody's preaching. Even though, I mean, preaching played a part, played a part in it. But if preaching is what you built your salvation on, then at some point you're going to walk away because you're not going to like what somebody's preaching. God became a reality to me, not something I heard. I had a guy look at me one time. I was talking to him. I'd sat down, and I was sharing with him about the Spirit of God, you know, and the goodness of God and the Holy Ghost. And, and he's looking at me, and he's saying, well, a lot would have to change before I could, you know, have that or accept that. And I said, well, look, man, God can do anything. And he looked at me, and he started trying to explain to me how none of that stuff was for us. I looked at my smile real big. I said, there's something you probably ought to know. I'm not talking to you about something I've heard. I'm talking to you about something I got. <laughs> Somebody say, I got it. And when you got it, can't nobody take it from you. Do you hear what I'm saying? We just need to begin to stir up the gift that's inside of us because the world is hungry for it. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. They were under Roman occupation. They had a life that was where, where they were slaves, where they, 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 they were under such a hard rule. But he said, I'm bringing you great joy, calm delight. Everybody say it with me, calm delight. Think about it this way. When you know what you got. That Michael Jordan used to do a, everybody wave your hand if you know who Michael Jordan is. Okay. Michael Jordan used to do a basketball camp, and he'd bring these young guys in that, you know, he was trying to help them develop their skills and all this. And so he's got one young guy in there, and he's out there playing with the team, and, you know, he's guarding this guy, and this guy, you know, his kid makes a move, and he gets around Michael and scores, and he <laughs> walks off. Yeah. I'm better than MJ. Michael cleared the court, told everybody off the court. He brought the young man out. He said, let's see how good you are. 
he proceeded to embarrass that young man to no end as he played him one-on-one. Now, after it was over with, Jordan walked up to him and he said, or I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the lesson learned here is you need to remember who you are and remember who I am. <laughs> we are the sheep of his pastor. <laughs> It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. Do you understand that Michael was letting the boy know, look, I can put it in your face anytime I want to. He was letting him know I still got what it takes. Do you know that God hasn't lost any of his power? He hasn't lost any of his ability and God is still bigger than your problem. He's bigger than your circumstance. He's bigger than your giant. If you'll just invite him into your life. Great joy, calm delight, because I know who my daddy is. (laughs) And when you know who your daddy is, it can give you calm delight. Look at 1 Peter 1 and 8. This is Peter speaking to us, and he said, You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible Joy. We. A glorious, inexpressible joy. A a glorious, inexpressible joy. You know, can, can I share something with if you? If we would do that when we walked out of these four walls, we'd find out that everybody was crowding in to get here because folks aren't interested in how religious you are. They're not interested in how eloquent you speak. They're not interested in how good you can sing. They want to find out if what you say you got has made a difference in your life. Is he real or not? Is this make-believe or is this the real thing? Glorious inexpressible joy every once in a while it ought to show up oh but it's, it's just oh in here pastor well let some of that get outside just let it out just don't bring a squirrel in here to start revival just let it out. If you let it, if, if it's in you and you begin to let it out of you, people are going to know it. I, look, I admit that folks, I, I mean, there were people that thought I was crazy. But I didn't care what they thought. Because I knew where I had been. And I knew where I was now. And I thought, I want everybody to know this. So, yeah, I did some crazy things. I tied bullhorns to the back of Jeeps and drove through the neighborhood. I'd stand, I'd put it on a street corner, and I was the only one there. But in my mind, I could see a multitude of people, and I'd start preaching to nobody. And when I started preaching to nobody, somebody showed up. (laughs) If it's in here, it doesn't matter if there's a crowd Because you'll generate one. Everyone is hungry for joy. 
They want to know a God that can bring joy in their life. Listen to the Psalms 89 and 15. L- look at this. Look at the scripture. Joy not only carries power, it carries a sound. Everybody say it with me. It carries a sound. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Everybody say joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance, verse 16. In your name they rejoice all day long, and in your righteousness they are exalted. Joyful sound. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. That phrase, joyful sound, comes from a Greek word, terau, that means to stun with acclamations of joy. A sharp, harsh sound of trumpets. It comes from a Hebrew word, ruha, that means to split the ears with sounds of joy, to make a joyful noise. Let Let me qualify this with you. Joyful sound is the technical word for the trumpet blast at Jewish feasts. The purpose of these blasts was to proclaim the presence of God and express the joy of the worshipers. You got it in you. Let's see how much joy you got. (laughs) Oh, see, now she's getting in it. Okay, this is my message. (laughs) See, sometimes we just spit and sputter. Sometimes our joy isn't quite cutting it, is it? We're walking around, hey, yeah, I'm a child child of God. Yeah, you ought to go to church with me. I don't know why. (laughs) But other times, it's a great proclamation. It's like it comes roaring out of us, and that's what you have to understand. Debbie said, wait a minute, wait a minute. The more she did it, the more she wanted to do it, and the more she got, the more she did it and she got it right, she got excited about you. Ooh. See, if I could, the first time I got this, I blew on it, and the only thing that came out was stink. You stand in front of this. There was a, this is a real horn from a ram. Part of his ear was still inside. Hey, I kid you not. My, my grandson started shaking. He heard something in there. I went and got some Nino's flowers, and I pulled this thing out. And it was the source of the stink. No, it wasn't the ram. It was just part of his ear. It's okay. He was, he's, he's alive. Growing another one of these so it'll match. But when we begin to proclaim, when we begin with our mouth to shout for joy, my friend, it gets everybody else's. Nobody's going to get your attention when you're up here going... Pfft. 
That, that's not going to impress anybody, but when you can get this thing to sound the way that it's supposed to sound, everybody's attention comes to rise. When we begin to express God with joy in our lives the way that he intended and the way that he wants us to live our life, God wants you to have joy. He doesn't want you to be down and out and depressed. He wants you to have joy because he knows that the devil's trying to trick you in to giving up the only source of defense you got. Everybody say joy. Now look at verse 16 one more time. It said in verse 16, it said, or in verse 16, it says, blessed are the people who know, or verse 15, who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name, they rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. All day long. And in your righteousness, they are exalted. Adam, let me, Adam. Jasmine, let me borrow you. I saw Brian over there. He looked like the first man to me. I don't know. <laughs> so look at this. It says, in your name, they rejoice. The word rejoice there in Hebrew means to spin around under the influence of the violent emotion of joy. So if all of a sudden I'm happy, oh my goodness, in the Lord, one of us is going to get loose. Okay. All right. I was doing that trying to mess with her. Wait a minute. Okay. I didn't know it was going to have an impact on me too. You know what happens? When, when you got joy, man, you're all moving right now. When you got joy in your life, it will affect the way you walk. It'll affect the way you see things and the way people see you. Look, folks aren't impressed. You, you all know that every time I come in here, I make sure that my tie is just right. There's never a hair out of place because there's not many hairs to put in place. <laughs> Folks aren't impressed with that. When people have real problems, they're looking for a real God that can change it for them. Would you stand with me? Today, I want to make a joyful sound. I thought about that scripture said, make a joyful sound unto the Lord. Or, or, Shout unto the Lord. All through the Psalms, it's talking about joyful sounds and shouting. I, know, I didn't realize that what David was saying is you're building a defense. Your praise, your worship is erecting a fortress that the devil can't penetrate. To rejoice, to spin around. Once, everybody just step out a little bit, if you would. Just, you know, some of you are inside the seats. That's okay. Just come out a little bit if you can. And I want you to try this one time. Are you ready? Try this. Try going. That's not bad, is it? How many of you have ever seen figure skating? Where they all of a sudden they start spinning and all, and then they look like a blur. They're moving so fast. 
And I thought about that when I was studying this. I thought to spin under the influence of the violent emotion of joy. You know what we need? We need to get under the influence. We need to get under the influence of joy. I don't want anybody to come up to me after church and say, well, yeah, they caught me driving under the influence. No, 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 this joy didn't come out of a bottle. I'm talking about joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. When's the last time anybody came up to you and, and walked up to you and said, man, what is your problem? You're always happy. You're always bouncing off walls. What is it with you? Why are you like that? Don't you ever get depressed? I'm not going to let you see it. And more importantly, I'm not going to let the devil see it. I'm going to step in the presence of God and begin to rejoice in the Lord because when I do that, all of a sudden, everything he is comes rushing into my life. He inhabits the praise of his people. He builds a fortress. He comes and settles down in it. He sets down in it, inhabits the praise of his people. This is what I want you to do right now. I want you, if you would, to just step out. Just scoot out a little bit. Just step out, spread out. Everybody say spread out. Look at your neighbor and say, you know what my problem is? I'm under the influence. I want to stay under the influence. I want to walk under the influence. You ever see a, well, okay, I'm, I'm doing a illustration here, all right? You ever see a guy that's drunk? He ain't got a worry in the world. I, I came in, I'm gonna, we're going to pray within just a second, but true story, I, I came, I was, I was working a second shift, and I came in from work, it's midnight, and my father-in-law's out on his porch drinking coffee, waiting for me, and I'm out there talking to him, and I guess it's about 1 o'clock in the morning by now, and all of a sudden, I see this guy staggering down the road at 1 o'clock in the morning, and he, he looks up at me, and he said, Fred, Fred, and I said, Nobody up here is named Fred. He said, what's your name? I said, Rick. He said, Rick. Rick. I said, what? He, he, he comes staggering up. Can I borrow you, Derek? He comes staggering up the steps where I'm at. And he looks at me and he says, where are you going, Rick? I looked at him and I said, and I looked at him, I said I'm going to heaven. And he looks at me. I'm not going to do to you what he did to me, but he, he reached over and he gave me a kiss on the cheek. And he kissed me on the cheek and he backed up and he said, I believe you're going to make it, Rick. <laughs> he didn't have a care in the world, but hear me. He was going to wake up 
the next morning with a hangover and all his problems staring him in the face. Do you know the difference between that man and me? I got drunk too, but it wasn't on a bottle. It was on his presence. And when I woke up from it, I knew that he was in control, that he was able, and he was willing to meet my every need. So it's Christmas time. It is the season of giving. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to give something to you. I don't know if you want it, but here it comes. I'm challenging you to walk out of this place with joy in your heart. And if you want to keep joy, share it. If you want to keep joy, share it. I was at work one time, man, I, I, I don't remember what was going on in my life, but I, was, I, I could feel this heaviness coming over me, and I was, I was getting sucked into this depression. And all of a sudden, these guys start coming up to me, and they're saying, man, Rick, could you pray for me? And, and I'm thinking, what are you asking me to pray for you for? I need you to pray for me. But these, you know, I'm talking about these are sinners. These are, they just, could you pray for me? That'll pull you out of a depression. When all of a sudden you have to start praying for people. And so all of a you know, they come up, I need you to pray for me. I didn't tell them how bad I was feeling. I didn't tell them how depressed I was. I didn't tell them any of that. I just laid hands on them and started praying for them. And guess what happened? I felt some joy get up in here. Everybody say joy. We used to do a song a long time ago. Said, I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about how he set me free. Are you ready to spread some joy? Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. All across this place. Are you ready? I want you to pray with me right now. Father, I'm asking you to fill me up. Lord, break every chain that tries to hold me back and fill my life with joy. I give you praise for it, and I rejoice you. I thank you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Hey, come here just a second. Let me share. Just stand there if you would. Don't turn and face me. Okay. Now, I want you to raise your hands to heaven. I want to tell you something. You know why sometimes you feel all these attacks come on you? It's because the devil knows what God's got planned for your life. So he's trying to get you depressed because if you get joy, you like a time bomb getting ready to go off. And that explodes and it impacts everybody. Now look, there's something I want you to understand. The devil's not big enough to stop God from doing what he's planned to do in your life. So all you got to do is get in agreement with God. So grab my hand and say, I'm in agreement. Say it loud, I'm in agreement. Now stretch those hands out and go like this. That, what is that? That's my joy antenna. I'm, I'm, I'm letting joy come into my life. Go, go ahead and have, hold those hands up. Father, I thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in her, God, and through her. In Jesus' name, I give you praise A fresh dose of joy. I want you to come and let me pray with you right now, real quick. Stretch your hands to heaven. Everybody say it with me, fresh joy. Okay, I want you to smile first. There you go. Put those hands up. 
said no man can see God and live if God touches you something is going to happen you may cry you may laugh you may fall you may you may we I don't know what you're going to do and honestly I'm not looking for a manifestation I'm looking for him and whatever he does when he shows up we need to be happy about we need to rejoice over I've watched folks that God touched that were on the brink of going over the edge and God transformed their lives in a moment. That's what my God can do. So as you raise your hands to heaven with me right now, matter of fact, why don't you do this with me? Why don't you partner with me in spreading some joy? So get a hold of somebody's... Now look, if you're... If you're I, I understand if you want to, if you, 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 can, you can touch elbows... I've sanitized my hands so you're safe. But if you want to touch elbows, whatever you want to do, but just you, you can look at each other in the eye and say, I'm coming into agreement with you. But I'm I'm up to here with the devil trying to take domain and dominion. I got news for him. In the very beginning. When God created man, he looked at man and he said, I've given you dominion over the earth. Do you understand up until that point, the devil had dominion. God said, let me show you how powerful I am. I'm going to take the man that you tried to destroy and give him dominion. And now he's going to rule and reign in the earth. As you stretch those hands to heaven with me, I want you to say this. God... I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to give me so much joy I can't contain it. I want some overflow, God. I want it to spill out of me and get all over somebody. Fill me up right now in Jesus' name. Now stretch those hands to heaven and begin to rejoice. Come on, begin to love him. If you, if you. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Yes. Clap your hands, make sing a joyful it. noise. Roll your trumpets and shout. Praise him for the victory. Listen to this. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the yes. way the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise him for victory.
every, every once in a while, somebody says, oh, you just like to toot your own horn. The horn that we have belongs to him. And so when we sound out with a sound of joy, we're bringing glory and honor to him. Everybody say it with me. You know, if we didn't have this pandemic going on, I'd let everybody put their lips on this right now. I want you, I want you to sing that song one more time. I'm going to try and blow this thing. I want us for just 30 seconds to just open our hearts and rejoice and praise God. Kelsey, come here just a second. You know, God's been good to you, hasn't he? Let me, if you would stand down here. One more step. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's great though. She just popped right up on stage. What are you saying? I'm saying that the time has come for us to take the position, to step out. God is going to use you. Are you ready for him? Raise your hands to heaven with me. Just turn around, stretch your hands as high as you can get them. I don't want you to figure out what he's doing. I just want you to let him do it. There's some, there, there are, there's some things. Look, I don't know. Let me just give it to you the way it's coming to me. There's some things that are like on the outskirts or the perimeter that, that God's still tweaking. He's still working on. Don't get distracted by that. Just let him do that and then keep your eye on him. Because as you begin to move toward him, all, all of this stuff's just going to come into place. Are you ready for it? Church, stretch your hands to heaven with me. to declare for him. Just go to your friends and tell them, man, anybody ever tell you about God how good he is? Anybody ever show? Why would you be embarrassed about that? Look, man, I've had, I've had guys walk up to me on jobs and start talking filth to me. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I really don't want to hear that. And nobody else really wants to hear that. Why don't you talk about something that's worth talking about? Like God. 
Everybody say, talk about God. Share Him everywhere you go. We love you. We'll see you next week right here. God bless you all. I just think.